0: Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis.
1: On the line, we have Dr. William Parker. He is the CEO of Parker Maritime Technologies, and he's also a retired senior U.S. naval officer who commanded three warships and later a squadron of warships. He also served as a chief of staff for U.S. Naval Surface Forces. Uh, Welcome back to Cats at Night, Dr. Parker.
2: Oh, it's always great to be back on your show.
1: There's
0: so many things going on. Where, where do you want to start?
2: <laughs> um, you know, how about Afghanistan? Because not many people are talking about it these days. But uh, if that's okay with you, we'll start Please. there. Yes. Yeah. You, you know, you, you look back at this 20 years, $2.3 trillion, 2,324 American uh, servicemen dead, 3,900 contractors, and the list goes on. Uh, 243,000 died total over there. Uh, And and the Taliban just kicked out all the women out of their universities. Um, They now say all women are uh, not allowed to be, uh, if they're part of an NGO, they're not allowed to operate in their country anymore. Um, And meanwhile, we've left a lot of equipment behind, about $83 billion to include Apache helicopters, Humvees, et cetera. Um, So it's interesting. And then today, um, John, you saw the article where, Uh, There's a discussion of Germans finding uh, they they bought on eBay for about $200 biometric iris scanners that have about 2,600 personnel's photos, fingerprints, names, uh, nationalities, iris scans, et cetera. So uh, we've got some problems uh, in how we dealt with uh, departing over there. I will say I thought the military did quite well in general. Um, That said, um, the way we left uh, and as fast as we left um, is why we're at where we're at today.
0: Dr Parker this is Pete King I was going to ask you uh do you know what the status is of the Afghans we left behind or the translators those who had cooperated with us is there any improvement in their status are they being hunted down
2: Yes sir and I know this is something that uh, you in particular focused on uh the reality is um we we have been successful in uh, in giving, getting some out thanks to a, a lot of uh, work from a lot of brave people um but unfortunately there's a there's still uh, many Americans there And there's a very large number of interpreters, translators, et cetera, that uh, we work with closely and made a huge difference on the battlefield while we were there.
1: Dr. Parker, going back to the women, we're seeing the videos of the women crying when they're being told that they can't go to school anymore. And they're actually out in the streets protesting and they've unleashed water cannons on them, but they're still out there. I'm worried about their safety, but I guess it's also a good sign that they're able to protest in the first place. What are you hearing?
2: Well ma'am, I, you know they' unfortunately these people are not going to uh, it's not going to end well for these women, um, and uh, I give them a lot of credit uh, for having the courage to stand up uh, uh, similar to the Iranians who are standing up against their government right now. Um, this is this is a brutal uh, organization in the Taliban there. Uh, And unfortunately, I think what you will find is uh, many of them dead or in prison. And and it's really sad to see that some of these people held political offices or were teaching at universities, et cetera. Now they're not even allowed to go into their own parks or attend school.
1: And what is that going to do to their economy when women are no longer allowed to be educated, no longer able to work? I'm seeing these videos of women saying my husband is disabled or I'm a widow. I need to work.
0: Fourth world country
2: yeah it's it it's going to go from a third world to a fourth world country uh it it is uh it is going to be a complete disaster and then there's going to be uh reaching out from uh to around the globe asking uh folks to help fund them uh to bring them back to the point where they can at least uh eat and they're not there right now they are suffering mightily and much of that is because of a rapid uh poorly prepared departure
1: and Dr. Parker, we, we're seeing this video of this huge hole that has been cut in the El Paso barrier and just migrants are, are pouring through. It's hard to believe this is still the United States and that's happening.
2: Well, I tell you, this gets to state rights issues. But the reality is, you know, you had nine hundred thousand legal immigrants come into the United States in the first nine months of 2022. That's good. Right. We want to bring in and good people that care and want to be American citizens and do it the right way. But this year, 2.76 million migrants have crossed the southwest border into the United States. That's a million more than any other year. And in El Paso, um, I mean, it's on a stretch of the border between the U.S. and Mexico. It's four miles from El Paso, where they've cut this huge hole, and they're bringing in drugs. They're bringing in uh, uh, human trafficking, like you wouldn't believe, We don't know what else, and that really concerns me, uh, if they're bringing in weapons of mass destruction, bioweapons, et cetera. We have a huge problem there, and and we also have an issue with states' rights on whether or not these states are allowed to say, no, I'm going to put up this uh, this barricade, whether it's Arizona, Texas, or others, and, and prevent this from happening.
1: I mean, this is not sustainable. Why Why do you think that the Biden administration is allowing this? Why not send the National Guard? Why not build the border? Why not have some sort of orderly immigration process in place? I don't know
2: the answer to that, but uh, I, I've heard several people uh, make the prediction that perhaps um, if all of these uh, folks that come in uh, illegally, many of them are good people, they you know, want to go and be in a better place or whatever, but they come in, And then they get citizenship. And now you have changed dramatically the voting dynamic in the U.S. Changed it dramatically overnight by by allowing all of these people to come in illegally and then become citizens.
1: And then and who uh, who pays the cost? I mean, I'm not just talking even financially, because there is a financial burden that comes with housing migrants with educating them with giving them food and clothing and and you name it but there's also I, I, it's just uh we don't know who they are we don't know if they're terrorists we don't know if they're drug dealers we don't know if they plan on joining gangs <coughs> congressman king ms-13 it, there could be a resurgence of it
0: yeah i mean ms-13 that was basically started on long island by uh, undocumented immigrants who came across in uh, 2014 2015 and it caused, I mean, actually carnage in uh, Suffolk County, parts of Nassau County. And, but, you know, when we're wondering why Joe Biden is doing this. During his campaign, he basically said he was going to open the borders. I mean, this is uh, to a lot of Democrats, a lot of progressives. We should have open borders. We should be bringing in more people. I think it's a terrible policy. And let's face it, whatever people say about President Trump, and I can be critical of him in certain areas, immigration was under control as much as it's ever been by his last year in office.
1: Even under Barack Obama. Remember, they called him the deporter in in chief. And he just last year said that it's not sustainable to have open borders. I think this is a national security threat at this point. Dr. Parker, what do you think?
2: I think it's a national security uh, uh, threat. I think it's a national economic threat. Um, I think when you look at our schools, um, it's a major issue. All points that you have brought up, but when you get to the security side of the house, if you don't know who's in the country and you don't know what they're bringing in, that's a major, major threat. Uh, I mean, can you imagine allowing people into your home, uh, open up the front door, and just saying the next 12 people just walk on in? Doesn't matter what you have in your backpack. That's basically what we're doing right now.
0: I mean, all the all our people, all our security people in Homeland Security. If the boss, if the boss is getting uh, orders from the White House, what do they all think?
2: Um, I, there are a lot of uh, very frustrated people at Customs and Border Patrol, at Homeland Security writ large, at the U.S. Coast Guard, um, et cetera. People that are are trying to protect this country. Um, the, the police officers, uh, the gentleman that you just had on. Um, all these people think we have lost our minds by allowing just anyone to flow across the border and not even putting up a wall that's laying there on its side. And and it's uh, it's going to have a negative impact. It's already having a negative impact, but it's going to have a bigger one. Um, and we start having uh, you know dirty bombs go off in the United States. It's going to make 9-11 look like child's play, which is just horrifying to think about, but uh, not hard to get weapons like that across the border when they're as porous as they are.
0: You realize how difficult it is for the airports, all the tight security measures, and yet the southern border people can just walk across, and the terrorists are well aware of that.
2: They are well aware of that, and um, you know that's why I started off with Afghanistan today, uh, is because when you when you really look at it. You know they 're making preps right now there 's somebody sitting somewhere right now in uh, in Afghanistan that 's making preparations for the next attack or attacks against the United States, um, and I believe that will be in either a dirty weapon or a uh, or a bio attack
0: because those are the the significant impacts and, and you can hurt the most number of people doing that and i 'm not sure that we 've our apart even from the border issue whether we 're doing all we can as far as terrorist activities, trying to stop it to uh, uh, again, when I was down there, I remember the you know, tremendous effort of New York and Washington, other places to fight back against terrorism, to set up uh, investigations and security measures. And I, I'm just not convinced that that same intensity of effort is going on right now.
2: Now, so the, the the way you win this fight is you uh, you take the fight to the enemy, and you do that by going into places like Afghanistan and other places around the world that, that people don't enjoy being deployed to, but they do it because it keeps the fight over there. And when you leave places like that, you not only allow them to prepare on their own, but you also allow them to recruit. Um, and I can't even imagine what the recruiting looks like right now with the Taliban um, after they have said, look, we kicked the Russians out. Uh, We kicked the Americans out now. Heck, we kicked out Alexander the Great. But look, nobody can defeat us. Just come join our group.
0: And that's exactly what you're hearing right now.
1: Incredible, incredible what's going on in our world The only guy that
0: didn't defeat was Rocky. Well, Rocky was on your side.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Dr. William Parker, for all that you do. Thank you, uh, Bill.
0: Thank you, Doctor. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.